Okay, good morning. Um, gosh, this is fun and weird at the same time, isn't it? Amazing and kind of still awkward, but it's great to be with y'all. Let's pray together. Father God, if we learned anything in our lesson today, we learned that we need you every hour. We need your presence. We need your word. We need your guidance. We need your peace. We certainly need your wisdom every hour of every day. So, Father, in this few minutes that we have together, we pray that you would attend our time together and be here as our teacher and as our example of wisdom. But most importantly, precious Jesus, the one who lived in all wisdom for us and acted always in wisdom for us, died so that we would have complete and utter forgiveness when we don't act in wisdom, and who is presently now preparing a place for us, which is the land of wisdom and holiness where we will always live in perfect wisdom um, with you. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your intentional, um, forever, never-ending love toward us and your pursuit of us. We love you and honor you and want to give you this few minutes that we have together today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, well, we're going to talk about three things today with wisdom. We're going to talk, first of all, about that we need to get it. Secondly, we're going to talk about how we need to get wisdom because we need it. And thirdly, we're going to talk a little bit about keeping wisdom. It is such an honor for me today to be able to talk to y'all or have this lesson fall on today because this would have been my mom's 89th birthday if she were still here and not in heaven. Um, and it's a, it's a special for me to honor her today and tell you that a life lived in wisdom with God's word shaping that life work it works I saw it work in her and I was the beneficiary of a mom that lived in wisdom and I want to honor her and thank God for her today as I'm mindful that this is her birthday so during quarantine uh, my granddaughters and I started making these little bracelets, these little beaded bracelets, and we would write words on them like, well, the first one was Kiki, which was very special. That was the first one that we made, that she made. And then we started writing words like joy and hope, and I did one that says thankful. And then all of a sudden, my 13-year-old granddaughter said, let's do a WWJD one. And I looked at her and I said, how do you know what WWJD is? <laughs> And she said, oh, that's in style now. And I said, seriously, a WWJD bracelet is back in style? And um, so then we started laughing because evidently some Instagram influencers back in the spring 
were promoting WWJD bracelets again. And Justin Bieber being one of the primary ones that has it on in his video and all this stuff. So people are doing what the Biebs doing and they're wanting to wear their WWJD bracelets again. And I said, that is so funny to me. Like that was in the 90s that everybody had WWJD bracelets. And then we started laughing about what would Jesus do being in style or out of style? And it's never out of style to do what Jesus would do. So we had a big laugh about that. And then we started having a really good talk about what would Jesus do? Um, what is that? What, what are we asking when we say, what would Jesus do? And it's really a wisdom question, right? Um, what would Jesus do is what we would be asking ourselves when we ask wisdom to speak to us. Wisdom is the incarnate love personified. So it says Jesus works in our life, forming us to his image. That is, that is what wisdom is. That's what wisdom does. Um, we might say that the Proverbs totally help us know what Jesus would do, right? Um, they are sayings, they are proverbs with a purpose to form character and to shape character by hearing and understanding. Wisdom is more than just head knowledge. Someone can know something is wrong but not have the discipline to do the right thing and have the right thing shape their life. For instance, you might ask a man if he thinks adultery is wrong, and he might say, absolutely, adultery is wrong, but still not have the discipline and the instruction to have that knowledge shape his character so that he actually would commits adultery while giving lip service to um, his, his knowledge that adultery is wrong. These proverbs are not like fortunes that you pull out of a fortune cookie or um, horoscope readings or good advice on the back of a cereal box. They aren't meant for Hallmark cards and they certainly aren't meant for Etsy shops to be on canvases and little thing, note cards and that sort of thing. These proverbs and wise sayings are alive and they are moving, and they're doing something. They're proverbs with a purpose. They are the living fuel to our godliness and our holiness, and they are, they are providing for us energy to know and to live a godly life. Wisdom is both knowledge and character. And that's super important to remember as we study the Proverbs, that these are not just suggestions. They're not just wise sayings that you might could find anywhere in the world. They are God-breathed. They are inspired by him. And they are alive. And they are there to do work in our lives. So we have to get it. The Proverbs are full of just the command to get wisdom. Like you would say, go to the store and get eggs. The Bible tells us to get wisdom. Verse 2 of our 
uh, prologue for today says to know, and verse 6 says begins with to understand. We must read these as commands from God himself. I, you, yes, you and I must know wisdom and instruction. Understand a proverb and its saying. This quest for wisdom must define my whole life. I have to take it upon myself to try to understand what God is saying in these wisdom words. As their proverbs, their riddles, their sayings, they're there for me to figure them out, like work on it, dig it out, break it down. What is God saying here? What is the point? What does this mean for my life? How does this affect my life and the others that I live with? I have to figure it out. They're kind of riddles, and we have to figure it out. God's told us that that's our responsibility, to figure it out. But it doesn't mean just figure it out intellectually, right? We can see and hear something a hundred times and not understand it. Um, we can understand it intellectually, but not understand its profound implications in our life and not see the beauty of it, not admire it, and not want, it, not want to actually conform to it, not feel the conviction of having disobeyed it or the zeal that I must have to live by it. So these are not just sayings that we, on the surface, understand the words, but it has to go deeper. Figuring it out is both intellectual, an intellectual challenge, and it's a moral challenge. It must be figured out into my heart and my life. Get that? It must be figured out into my heart and my life. Wisdom should shape my life. Wisdom should form my character so that I act and think rightly and justly and fairly in all of my relational obligations, so that I'm marked by uprightness and prudence in all of my dealings with all people at all times. Um, in the end, wisdom brings about the practical skills in living and in loving others. Um, so we're all to allow these proverbs to the best of our ability to shape us. We want wisdom to be incarnate in us, and we want to know wisdom and understand it and express it in all of our life. We want to live as an exposition of wisdom. Why? Because we will represent wisdom to others, right? And we will, we will be the ones that will translate this abstract uh, con concept of wisdom. We'll be the ones that translate that into the world and into others' lives. We will embody wisdom. We once had a little girl in one of our, in our youth group. That's what we did before, uh, while Darwin was in seminary, we had youth groups. And he was talking about peer pressure and wisdom and making wise decisions in his, in his devotion for that night or in his teaching for that night. And we actually had this little girl. It was, it was the most beautiful moment. She raised her, she raised her hand and she goes, I know what? I'm going to be the peer pressure. Is that not the most glorious thing to hear a young person say? 
because usually we think about peer pressure being the thing that comes at us and squeezes us and molds us and tries to make us conform to its way, its ways. She totally got it. And she said, wait, no, I'm going to be the peer pressure. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom enables us to be the peer, enables us to be the peer pressure. This sounds daunting and near impossible, right? But the good news is that this is not a pointless quest. This is not a hopeless journey. Let's look at all the promises in chapter 2. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2 with me, please. And let's just look at what God says his promises are. If you receive my words... Read this one tonight. It's so beautiful. Receive my words, treasure my commandments, make your ear attentive, incline your heart, call out, raise your voice, seek it like silver, search for it like treasure, seek, seek it with everything we've got, pray for it, orient ourselves to it, value it. Listen to the promise in verse 5. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Why? Verse 6, because the Lord gives wisdom. He stores up wisdom and gives it to us. Isn't that beautiful? Verse 9, you will understand righteousness and justice. And verse 10, wisdom will come to your heart. These are Proverbs with a promise, okay? Commands with a promise. God is just as eager to give you and to give me wisdom as he was to give Solomon. All Solomon had to do was ask for wisdom, and God gave it to him. God is eager to give us wisdom. And the promises, um, this takes all of our excuses away, right? Wisdom is there to be had, but will never magically just jump into our minds and our hearts. We're not just going to magically know what to do and how to live in wisdom. We must value it. In other words, we must prize it. We must want it. We must see that it's the most valuable thing in our life. We must believe it's the most valuable thing in our life. We must pursue it with everything we have. Dig it out. Figure it out. Learn it. And we have to pray for it. And when we do those things, God answers our prayers and we don't have to stay where we are. We will have wisdom that we need. We can grow in wisdom no matter what our age, what our stage. It's alive, and he tells us it's ours for the taking. And the promises concerning wisdom keep urging us to get it. The Proverbs tells us over and over and over and over again, get it, get it. Get it. It's not like a one-time thing. You have to keep getting it. The Proverbs 13, 14, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Proverbs 16, 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold. To get understanding is to be chosen. To get understanding should be chosen rather than silver. And Proverbs 24, 13, which is beautiful, my son... And actually, I'm doing this little exercise when I read uh, the Proverbs. 
my son, when you, if you stop there, it can look like it's for young men, which it is, and it was written to help train the leaders and nobility, but it's not, that's not where it ends. So I'm substituting my son for old friend. I'm an old friend of Jesus, and I'm not reading it as my son do this, my son do that, my son do this or that. I'm reading it as my friend or my old friend, and it's taking on a whole different kind of a new meaning for me. Old friend, eat honey for it is good, and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul if you find it. Wisdom's going to be as sweet to our souls as honey is to our mouth. Wisdom has a promise, and of course, God has to even give us the initial desire to want to walk in the ways of of wisdom, right? That's not natural to us to want to walk in the ways of wisdom. By nature, we feel ourselves to be wise in our own eyes. So we have to actually pray and ask God to give us the desire to even want to walk wisely. We receive everything from Him. But having said that, He tells us to get wisdom. So that was our first point, to get wisdom. Secondly, why do we get wisdom? Because we need it. It's not that complicated. Verse 3 says, To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Simple here does not mean um, little intelligence. It doesn't mean a simple mind or somebody that can't learn, a simpleton. That's not what the Bible means here when when they say to the simple. The simple means those who are not yet formed, okay? We are simple by nature because we are not mature by nature. And by nature, we're very selfish and self-centered. And the Proverbs are written to us so that we can become others-centered and so that we can learn how to best love others. And so in that regard, none of us are totally formed yet, right? We are all still formable, <laughs> formable, and um, so in that regard, we're all still simple, even though we may be approaching our last days on earth. Um, our hearts still need to be reformed. We're simple. We must gain the wisdom of focusing on others and caring for others. We must realize our deep need for other-centeredness. This is where the word receive that we see in Proverbs so many times um, comes into play. It comes in we receive and welcome wisdom because we know we must have it. This calls for humility, right? We have to humble ourselves and say we're simple. We're still simple. We still need to be formed. We're still not yet quite formed. That's what it means to be simple. We always need it. Uh, Proverbs has strong warnings, very strong warnings, for people that do not have the humility to say, I am simple 
and I need wisdom. Proverbs 11, 2 calls this pride. And pride comes, then it comes to disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 28, 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than there is for him. We can see our need for wisdom more clearly if we notice how he defines wise dealings in verse 3. Wisdom brings about righteousness, justice, and equity. True wisdom is other-centered and other-centered life that pursues doing good things and right things for others in all situations of life. I think we need that, right? To receive wisdom is really to submit, to submit to wisdom, right? We must humbly allow God's wisdom to shape our character. We're putting our simple selves under wisdom, into the care of wisdom, to set things right in us, to reform and to remake our hearts. We know that we need surgery and treatments of healing, all the treatments that and healing that wisdom offers. It's also very humbling when we realize how slippery wisdom is. Solomon himself, sadly, is an example of this. The illustration of the man I gave that would give lip service to adultery being wrong, but not having the discipline to act on his, his knowledge. We all know that we can step outside of wisdom in a flash, just like that. We're acting not in wisdom. And out of seemingly nowhere, we have lost wisdom. Our wisdom is fragile. It always needs protection and nurture, reinforcement, and growth. This has to do with the fact that we're still in a battle with our leftover continuing corrupt desires, right? And they are not given up to wisdom. Our natural desires don't desire wisdom. That battle is intense and many times exhausting because wisdom is slippery. So we have to get wisdom. Um, we have to, why do we have to get wisdom? Because we're simple and we need wisdom and we forget wisdom and wisdom is fragile. Thirdly, if you're smart and if you're wise, you'll always be getting wisdom. You'll be getting it till the day that you breathe your last breath. In verse 5, he says, in verse 5 of the um, prologue, our section for today, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. What? Does that make any sense? Let the wise increase in learning? And let the one that understands obtain guidance? It seems contradictory in a way. Why does an already wise person need wisdom? The point is that it is only the truly wise, by God's grace, those people that by God's grace are truly wise, it's only those that humble themselves and constantly submit themselves to wisdom. Many who simply choose to remain simple are fools. Um, that's what the Proverbs calls them, fools. 
they do not humbly submit themselves to God's wisdom. This can be a mindset of many people, even in the church. Women that come to Bible study, your best friends. Um, we can have this mindset that we've kind of walked the walk and we've gotten there. Um, it's no surprise that Proverbs has this to say. Proverbs 10, 8, the wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Proverbs 10, 14, the wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. We must continue to show ourselves wise in humbly seeking wisdom. Another important reason that we must always be seeking wisdom is that we're going to always, always be facing different life circumstances, right? We must bring these same words of wisdom to our new experience. There will always be a new application of wisdom, new permeations of wisdom. This need never stops in, our, in all of our life. Every age, every stage, every success, every failure, every dream that dies or every dream that comes true, every new ache and pain that our body gives us, every change, every disappointment, every challenge, every year, every month, every week, every day, every hour, gives us a new opportunity to give ear and submit to and listen and learn and put into practice wisdom. Maybe you're parenting a teen. You've got to have new wisdom for that. Maybe you're suddenly living alone. Raise your hand if you had all the wisdom you needed to live through a pandemic. That was one of the most eye-opening experiences of my lifetime to see stuff in my life suddenly come to the surface that I literally had no idea was there when God put this test in our lives. And if you're like me, you were not prepared to live wisely during a pandemic. I'm not sure any of us were. But we humble ourselves and approach even a pandemic simply and say, God, please reform my heart in the middle of this very new and challenging time. But it doesn't take a pandemic. It can just take your body suddenly given out on you or like I said any of these situations that are daily changes in our lives and we need wisdom in that moment we're seeking to be more and more skillful in Christ likeness throughout our entire lives verse 5 says we must increase in learning that is we must constantly be adding to our learning not just our head knowledge but we have to constantly be um, submitting to that wisdom so that it actually becomes understanding and a part of our character. And he said we must obtain guidance. You get your hands on it and you get hold of it. You get wisdom. We can, con we can conclude, um, when we think about this, we can come to this conclusion that those who approach the hearing of a sermon or coming to a Bible study again and they approach it with the attitude of oh my god 
I've heard this a million times. Um, there's nothing new here for me to learn. We can say of that person that their heart is already being hum- is already being hardened against being humble and submissive to wisdom. Such tendencies in ourselves carry big warnings in Proverbs, and we must ever seek to be humble in heart. We actually had, this is one of the scariest things I've ever heard, but we actually had a lady probably in her late 50s, early 60s, at our church in Mississippi, uh, our first church we had in Mississippi. She told Darwin one day, just straight to his face, sermons are so boring to me right now. I feel like I have been to Sunday school my whole, I have been to Sunday school all my whole life. I know every story in the Bible. I think I've heard every sermon, thousands of sermons. I've been to conferences. There's nothing new that I can learn. There's nothing new that I can hear. I've, I've been in it my whole life. Darwin and I wept for her. We did. We wept for her to think of approaching the living Word of God and not putting ourselves under it as a simple person that needs to be reformed moment by moment by moment of our life is very scary. In this way, our life experiences will supply in, in this way, our life experiences will supply us with the practical exposition of the wisdom of Proverbs. Our life gives us the opportunity to obtain wisdom and to put into practice wisdom. We mean that you will find in the very living of your life that wisdom means on the ground in changing situations. So as the situations change, that's the opportunity for us to put into practice wisdom. The principles of wisdom will be the same they've been for thousands of years. So in that, in that way, was that lady right? Have we heard it all? Maybe. Have you read Proverbs dozens of times? Maybe. So there's not going to be a new proverb, so to speak, but will there be a new opportunity for that wisdom to take root into your life and change your character and reform the simple person that I am? Yes, that's going to happen daily and hourly. Um, the applications of that wisdom will constantly be changing, whether changes in technology, changes in economy, changes in political and social climates, changes in life seasons, changes in your church. All of these things give wisdom the opportunity to be reform our character. Let me close with this. One of the vital aspects of wisdom is the resolve we have in our life to act on principle. And what do I mean by that? You know what the right and good and wise thing is to do, but you must have the resolve to do it. Let me say it to myself. I know the right and good and wise thing to do, but I must have the resolve to do it. That is the final critical part of wisdom. And without this resolve, wisdom will not bear fruit. 
and it's not really wisdom. Which means that in this sinful and dangerous world, almost every act of wisdom requires some degree of courage. Did you get that? Wisdom is courageous, extremely courageous. I haven't talked at all about verse 7 yet. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because Candace covered that in her introduction and Sarah is going to talk about that next week. But I will say this about the fear of the Lord. The requirement of courage shows why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Only the fear of the Lord can give you true courage. Only awe in the goodness of God, awe in his protection, awe in the certain future of God can give you and me the courage to live out costly, courageous wisdom in a sinful and dangerous world. Ultimately, it's not what you know, but what you have the courage to do that demonstrates your true wisdom. Not what we know, but what we have the courage to do that demonstrates our true wisdom. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, it is astonishing to us that from the wisdom of God, you came to this earth and you submitted yourself and humbled yourself under the wise counsel of God to redeem a people. And dear Jesus, if you had the courage to in wisdom obey your Father, to redeem us, to save us, to make us your family, oh Lord, how can we not act in courage to live a wise life? Dear Jesus, please give us the courage to live in wisdom. Please give us the wisdom we need. Please give us the heart to even want to live in wisdom. Please give us the desire to live as you would have us live. Please, Lord Jesus, show us in these days and weeks that we have to study these beautiful Proverbs Teach us and show us in our lives, moment by moment, day by day, what would you do? What would Jesus do? Help us to live being conformed to your image as we walk in wisdom. In Jesus' name.